you're excited about being worshiped today, would you say amen? amen? Amen. All right. Those of you joining us from home or wherever you might be, it's always great to have you be with us as well. So whether you are here in this worship center or whether you're at home, wherever you might be, um, create a place and a space that you can share as being um, a place of worship. And like I said, whether you're home or whether you're here, you are a part of this worship community, and we're grateful and thankful to be together. So let me ask you this morning, can, can we be honest this morning? Mm -hmm. Maybe. Well, I mean, we're in church. We should be able to be honest, right? Well, I want to ask a question, um, and that question is, all of us at some point in time have had to learn to deal with fear. Would you agree with that? All right. <clears throat> I had somebody at the last service say, well, I've never had any fears. And then we started talking a little bit about fears, and they're like, oh, I, I guess I have many. So, you know, fears are some things that we all have to deal with. And, and whether you are somebody who's new in the faith or whether you are somebody who is what I would call a mature believer and well within your um, journey with Christ, the odds are pretty much that you've had to deal with some sense of fear. Think about it today. We are a people and we are a nation who are living in fears. We have fears all the time. Many of us have fears about whether or not we're going to catch one of the variants of the COVID-19 virus. So we, we have that circling around. Um, there are those who fear being evicted from their homes because they can't pay their bills for the reasons and challenges that they have. There are people who, who live in fear because they are of a different race and therefore they feel that the racism of our country rallies against them and they live in fear for that, that, that they can't be at peace. We have people who, who fear being sued or uh, fear finishing last. Maybe you're one of those. You don't like to finish last. We have people who are, who are growing broke. And we have people who went to the doctor this last week and they had this mysterious mole on their back or somewhere on their body. And the doctor maybe didn't give you very good news. And you're a little bit fearful of that. So before, before you say, I've never been afraid, like the person at the last service and when we finished, they're like, I've got a lot of fears. Um, so if you're somebody who's thinking like, well, I really haven't ever been afraid, let me, let me show you a couple of images this morning and see if it just kind of, you know, makes you a little bit freaky. How about that? What if you were in like a box, a five by five box and I let all those spiders crawl over you? Yeah, somebody's back there. I'd love that. Okay, no. Okay, well, how about this one? So, so maybe this, what, what if I was holding you off of a, you know, 40 story building like that with one hand? Would you be afraid? Of course you would. So fear is something that, that lives in all of us. Fears, fears are there. Fear seems like it's um, taking like a hundred year lease on the store next door of our life and it's kind of just like set up shop. And, and here's some important things to know about fear. Fear, fear has uh, never written a poem. It's never negotiated a peace treaty. Fear has never cured a disease. Uh, fear never pulled a family out of poverty. Fear has never um, uh, pulled a country out of bigotry. And, and you know what? Fear has never saved a marriage, and fear certainly has never saved a business. So fear is one of those things that's out there. And, and today I'm going to talk about, as we, as we kick off this series called Fearless, we're going to learn over the next five or six weeks about how to face our fears and to acknowledge that they're there, but more importantly, to, to understand what God's Word has to say to get us through so that we can fear less or be fearless. And so we can live into that. So today we're going to talk a little bit about some foundational pieces. I want to share with you, you know, what's behind the fears and, and what's out there so that we can name it. And so that we can leave here today with some understanding about what fear is, from where it comes, but more importantly, what God says, how God will respond to the fears that are with us. Now, some people um, 
uh, like me, sometimes you also live in that daily tension, that daily tension that comes between, should I be afraid of this situation or should I be faithful? And fear and faith, and sometimes we have those little battles that go within and we question ourselves, can I be fearful or faithful in the same kind of complex thing? And we're challenged oftentimes with that. Um, just look around and, and some people would say, hey, I have plenty to be afraid of. And if you said that to me today, I'm not gonna judge you on that because I know all of us have something, something that's plaguing us with regard to some sort of fear. But I think the question that we need to ask this morning really puts it in perspective. It says, how did we ever get into this position? How did we ever get into this place of being afraid? What's behind the fear that I see and have happen in my life? You know, there's a, there's a sentence of scripture that I believe that so often we overlook. Um, it's a sentence or two of scripture that, that it's very subtle, but yet it's so profound. It's found in Ecclesiastes. And I believe that, that oftentimes the reason why we find ourselves in fear is we have forgotten what this pericope or this piece of scripture has to say. It's found in Ecclesiastes 12, 13. And listen to what it says. It says, fear God and do what God tells you. Okay, say that. Fear God and do what God tells you. So the question becomes, if when we forget that, when we, when we don't show reverence to God, when we don't show respect to God, when we don't endear the love of God, that's what it means to fear God biblically, that we see God as holy. And when we don't listen to what God says, that triggers us to move forward into a life that can be filled at times where we feel that we are overcome by fear. You see, when we, when we look at this, fear God and do what God tells us, the question is called for us to, to live within God's covenants, to live within God's commitments, to live within what God calls to be a means that moves us into living a life in covenantal relationship with God and with one another. So as we steer away from that, I believe we begin to see fears that come into play. Well, I want to um, sit on Isaiah 41.10 today. And, and, and so if you've got your Bibles, if you haven't turned to Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, um, those of you that might be new to Scripture, Isaiah is an Old Testament book, prophetic book, first book of the major prophets. Um, go probably in the uh, first third of the section of your Bible. So turn to that, Isaiah 41.10. If you've got an electronic device, um, go check that out as well and just follow along with me. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. So, so this is one of those pieces of scripture, Isaiah 41.10. Um, if you don't have it already, make sure you underline it in red. This is one of those, we talk a lot about the red letter words of Jesus in the New Testament. This is a red underlined uh, piece of scripture in our Bibles. So underline this because this is one of those things that, that I want to make sure that you understand because whenever you come back to it, it's going to continue to make sense and more sense as we deal with the fears that we live with in life. Here's what it says right off the bat. Don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. So do you see where the theme of this is going? Do you see where God's giving these promises? God says, don't be afraid, I'm with you. Don't be discouraged for I'm your God. But listen to this. He says, I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Sometimes when the fears linger in, we forget these words. Sometimes we allow the fears to overwhelm us, to overcome us. 
the fears of the unknown, the fears of the what-ifs, the fears of the things that we struggle with in life. And, and God's word calls us back to Isaiah 41.10 and the significance of what we read here. If you'll recall in the first conversation that God had with Adam back in Genesis, Adam said the words of God, he said, I was afraid. And ever since then, someone coined the phrase, men and women have been afraid. And we've been running afraid all of our lives since that very moment. So, so in order to understand this whole thing called fear, let me give us a working definition today. Here it is. Write it down if you can. Fear is an uneasy feeling. It's a feeling of dread, a feeling of an alarm warning us. So, so when you have something like stirring inside of you and your uh, endorphins are going and, and, and your anxiety is coming up, so it's stirring that up inside of you, and it's a feeling that you're going to be threatened by something. If you've had any of those feelings, that's a clear definition of the word of the word fear. Now, there's some people who, um, who will look at that definition and say, but, but that says something about you and your character. Some people believe that you can't have faith and still have fears. Now, if I were to take them back to that 40-story building and hold them uh, by one hand off of a ledge, I can guarantee you they'd be afraid. So don't, don't let people buy that. Don't buy into what people say about that. But some people will say that, that it's a sin if you show fear. I think showing fear helps us with some common sense. I think showing fear actually shows us some wisdom that, that in those moments that we're fearful, it's going to force me to look for a way out. It's gonna force me to find a solution. It's gonna force me to connect in ways that I haven't connected with God or with a loved one or a family person or a friend. So I believe that our fears can spur some wisdom that can come from that. You know, a couple of things that are so important about fear is this. The first one is that fears don't come from God. God doesn't create our fears. God doesn't give you something to be fearful of. In fact, Paul writes it this way in 2 Timothy. He said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, nor has God given us a, 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 a spirit of timidity, but of power of love and of self-discipline. So if the fear doesn't come from God, but what comes from God is love, power, and self-discipline, from where do we start seeing these fears? From where these fears come? Well, fear is not from God. Fear is something that we learn. Fears come from things that we learn. So psychologists will tell you that, that the things that you and I are afraid of are things that people have told us to be afraid of or things that people have taught us. Let me give you a quick example. When I was a little boy, um, back in the uh, 60s, uh, there were a lot of child, random child abductions, okay, going on in the, in the late 60s. And my mom, I remember, she lined me and my three brothers up, and she said, whatever you do, never, ever, ever get in the car of a stranger. Anybody else ever tell their kids that, okay? So, so this was a learned behavior that my mom instilled in me. I would have had no idea about it had she not said, whatever you do, do not get in the car of a stranger. So what did that do? It took me until I was 55 years old to be able to get into an Uber, okay? So, so it's learned behavior. It's not something that, 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 that we like make happen to us. It's not something that God gives to us. Ignorance. Ignorance is also a source of fear. We see a lot of this happening today. We see a lot of ignorance that, that is bringing about fear. It's one of the greatest forces of fear that we see. And this is when, when people, good-natured people, good-willing people, smart people, buy into something just because somebody tells them that it's the truth. 
If you've ever had somebody come to you and say something so convincingly to you that you wanna just believe it and, and you just wanna take them for their word and then you find out later that you were duped, that's ignorance. And so the challenge that we find, especially on social media, and the challenge that we find in some other things is that, that people get lured into somebody's opinion on something and they call you to like it or to forward it or to um, you know, send it on or share it and all those kind of things. And next thing you know, you're a part of this, whatever it is. Listen to me, ignorance. Make time to check and verify. Make sure it's truth before you just buy into it. Do your research, don't be lazy. Ask the questions, because ignorance can create a lot of fears. Doubt also causes fears. If, if you live your life doubting that there's a God, then you probably have something that you probably want to be fearful of. But if you're living in fear of God, you're not understanding the relationship that God has for you. Yes, God is holy. Yes, God is, is all-powerful. Yes, God is all-knowing. Yes, God is all-present. But God also reveals God's self to us in a way that says that God is love and God is grace, that God um, has those virtues of forgiveness, that God wants to instill that love and forgiveness in others. So therefore, we need to move away from our doubts about what people have said about God and learn the truth that God is love. Fear can also enslave you with a feeling of uncertainty. Here's another one. Some might say that this comes in uh, two forms. And, and the first one is, uh, folks might say that, um, you know, that, that I'm uncertain, that, that because I'm uncertain about what to do, I become afraid. If you've ever used your gift of procrastination, it's because you are looking for the perfect solution, most likely, before you decide what to do. Some would call that paralysis by analysis. We overanalyze situations, and we wanna make sure that we're not gonna make the wrong decision. I know leaders in my past and in my present who are afraid to make decisions because they're afraid of what somebody might think about them. Or more importantly, they're afraid that it's gonna be the wrong decision. But let me tell you a truth here. A non-decision is a wrong decision. We have to act. So procrastination is one of those things that can create fears because we're overanalyzing and we're uncertain about that. Here's the other uncertainty. The other uncertainty is you look at somebody else and you say, man, they have their life totally together. They've got a great job. They've got a great marriage. They've got a great home. They've got all these perfect things. And look at me. You know, my, my, my marriage is struggling. My house is in shambles. My family has issues. I'm not sure I'm going to be employed next week. Boy, they got it and I don't. You play those what-if games. What if I was like them? It's that uncertainty. And here's the thing that we have to remember. When those fears set in, we have to refocus our minds and we have to get back to the truth. And that truth is that God created every one of us individually and with specific purpose. So you have a place in life just like the person who's sitting next to you. It may not be the same purpose. It may not be the same gifts. It may not be the same talents. But nevertheless, God has given you the gift. And God calls you to use the gift. So it's not about what somebody else has. It's not about what somebody else does. It's not even about what somebody else thinks or tells you you should have. But it's about what God has given you. And when we embrace what God has given us, it removes the uncertainties and it squelches the fears. So I've talked a little bit about 
you know, what, what causes the fears and, and what's there. So now I want to kind of shift gears a little bit, and I want to talk about how can we become fearless or how can we become fearless. And what I'm going to say is really simple. I want to kind of use the model of Jesus and teaching. Jesus used parables, parables which were, were stories and, and words and sentences that the average person could connect with. So I'm not going to give you some sort of dissertation or, or theological reflection. I'm just going to kind of put it out there. So how do we become fearless? A couple of real quick steps. Hope you write these down. Here's the first one. Name the fear. Simple. What's the fear? Name it. You can't deal with your fear unless you name it and claim it. Here it is. I see it. It's part of what I am. I need to be able to deal with it. Name it. Whatever it is. Don't be shy from it. Don't hide from it. But see what it is. Name it and know what you're dealing with. Here's the second one. Identify the cause of your fear. What's behind the fear? Why am I feeling unsettled? Why am I feeling restless? What's the fear that's behind me? What am I afraid of? Ask yourself the even greater question, what's the real source that's there? You see, sometimes we, we focus on the fear being the big thing and we go into our prayer life and we, and we word it something like this, like, God, I have these big fears. But, but what the scriptures teach us is, the scriptures teach us to move into a different direction and to take off of ourselves what we're looking at and to put it on God. So instead of saying, God, I have these huge fears, why don't you look at your fear and say, fear, I have a huge God, and put it in perspective so that God can lead you into dealing with your fear. So becoming fearless means focusing on the word of God. It means taking it off of yourself and focusing on the word of God. Let's go back to Isaiah 41.10 again. I was reminded this past week in a worship planning meeting about how important this scripture is in the foundation. And that's why I asked you to underline it earlier. Let's go back and look at it. He says, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will hold you with my victorious right hand. Let's look at this piece by piece for a second here. So take a look up on the screen. He says, do not be afraid. Why? Because I am with you. Now, some of us just read that as a sentence. Well, I'm with you. What we've got to look at is what is Isaiah saying that God has proclaimed here? I am is the name of God. It means Jehovah God. When Jesus says, I, Jesus gave the famous I am statements in John's gospel. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And what he's saying is, I'm God. I'm the God of the way. I'm the God of truth. I'm the God of life. So, so what, what Isaiah is saying here is, don't be afraid because God, your God, is with you. He says, don't be discouraged. I'm sovereign. You don't need to be discouraged. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to worry. It's one thing to have a friend say to you, don't be afraid of that. It's another thing to have the sovereign God standing beside you saying, you need not be afraid of that. Do you see the difference? It's significant when we see the words that ring true, true through here. God says, I will give you strength, and surely I will help you, and I will uphold you in my right hand. And what it says is that God is, is saying to you and me, sometimes in our fears, we kind of exclude God, and, and we kind of go into this survivalist mode. Maybe it's kind of like a fight or flight or being backed into a corner like a, like a wild animal. And we want to kind of ha uh, handle this on our own. But God says, step aside, give it to me. Let me fight your battle. You don't need to be worried about this. I am your God. I will hold you in my righteous right hand. 
And this is something that God said thousands of years ago, folks. And if he said it thousands of years ago, God never changes, so he says it still to today. And if he said it then and meant it, you've got to believe that he means it today, that he holds us in his right hand, that he protects us from our fears, that he walks with us. You see, talking about our fears, I think part of it is, is recognizing what's behind the fear, naming it, but also trusting that God has the ability to walk us through it. And God has the ability to see us succeed and to overcome our fears. One of the things I have found in my own life that's really important is to make a testimony or to make what I would call a outward covenant that what I believe is what I truly believe. Now, where I've led us today is to talk about what causes fears. I've led us to understand how God remedies those fears and how we're to trust God in the words of Isaiah 41.10. So today what I want to do is I want to encourage us to participate in an exercise that will help solidify those words even in us as we pray them. So I'd like to invite everybody here in the worship center, if you're able, to please stand. Um, for those of you that are at home, if you're able to, please stand. If you can't stand, participate in this prayer with us. I'm going to show us a prayer up on the screen, and I want us to pray this together. Now, before we do this, I don't want you to look at this like some rote reading that we're going to do. I don't want you to look at this and go like, oh, well, well uh, these are just a bunch of empty words that I need to say because the pastor's telling me, and I'm afraid if I don't do it, he's going to be mad. Okay? No. I want you to think about these words as we pray these together. So don't look at it as I'm just reading something. I want you to bring these into your heart. So pray this prayer with me. Let's pray. God, I've been so fearful about things in life. Sometimes my fear has paralyzed me. Other times it has left me feeling doubt. But God, today, yes, today, I take a stand. I stand upon your truth and your word and the promises that you made and continue to make for me. I take a stand and from this point on, I'm not gonna focus on the nonsense of the world, but instead I will set my focus on you and I lay my fears down today. I'm laying my fears down on the basis of who you are, what you said, and because of that truth, I will no longer carry my fears. I will live fearless in Jesus' name. If you believe that prayer, would you shout amen? Amen. Listen to me. If you really believe what you just prayed, I believe that the power of that prayer will set you free. I don't think it'll ever take away fearful situations, but what that prayer will do is when you face those fearful situations, it will remind you that what God said thousands of years ago, he means today. It's a promise that cannot be taken away, that you need not be afraid, that God does not give you the spirit of fear or of timidity, but God gives you the spirit of power and love and all the gifts that come from that. And that the words of Isaiah remind us that in the midst of all those things that God will uphold us in his righteous right hand. The power of God is with you and me because God has given that to us. So whatever it is that you're afraid of, whatever you've been fearing, whatever has been setting you off to where you can't live the life that God has called you to live, today is the day for you to set it free, folks. 
Today is the day for you to say goodbye. Today is the day for you to stand and welcome this gift that God gives you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. God, we've prayed this prayer. We give you thanks. We know that you set us free. You are the strength that upholds us and by your righteous hand. In the name of Jesus, let us no longer be afraid, but to be in you in Jesus' name, amen.